0: For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth podcast network.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of For Your Reconsideration a film podcast in which some film school guys and me, premium Belgian double denim export JCVD, decide if a film is okay, or if it needs a roundhouse kick to the face and some blue tan work boots. Here are my friends, Simon and James. Happy New Year, my boys. Swoon. Swoon. Let me just go and change my underpants. <laughs> Your new silk underwear, James. Your yeah. new silk underwear.
2: I really like how you perfected the JCVD. <laughs>
1: There, there are two great things to say when you are talking like JCVD. One is, of course, JCVD. The other is neck breaker. (laughs) If you need to give someone a great neck breaker, then that's the way to do it, man.
2: (laughs) Carry on, please don't stop. Please stop.
1: How was your festive period, my friends?
2: It was great, mate. It was a really nice break, lovely long break, spent equally between Wales and Manchester. It was, it was, it was jolly nice. It was lovely.
1: That is great. How was yours, jean Claude? Oh, Christmas was great. I, I kick a lot of people in the face, and <laughs> I ate so much that the only thing empty around here was my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least we make ourselves laugh. <laughs> I literally could carry on as JCVD all day, all day, you know. Uh. Trying to get that right has been an absolute nightmare. The ki- you know the kids have been treated to that quite a bit. Uh, so <laughs>
2: do do they know who JCVD is? Do your
1: kids? Uh, my friend Simon, of course they do not know the uh, sheer magnitude of uh, JCVD and his impact on Belgian culture. Um, anyway, right, let's move on.
0: <laughs> has he had an impact on Belgian culture, or is it just on American straight to DVD? nonsense yeah
1: if your nickname is the muscles from brussels you have impacted belgian culture so i think that's the, the sort of the litmus test for impact on belgian culture um so boys moving swiftly on and away because don't you worry jcvd it's impossible to do this episode without talking like jcvd for a great sorry john claude van damme sorry he calls himself jcvd but anyway right so what did you guys watch over christmas and new year
0: Oh, so the festive period for me is always about catching up on stuff that I might have missed from earlier in the year. So I had uh, three recommendations that I want to shout out. So I caught up with a little film called Eighth Grade, which is a brilliant coming-of-age comedy drama. If you watch that, Rob, you will be weeping as someone who has daughters. Oh, heck. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was worried. I don't even have a daughter. Like <laughs> New Year's Eve. Thanks to Simon's excellent recommendation Ooh. on our, our Best of the Decade Ooh. episode, I watched Rocket Man. Nice uh, with Mrs. Stewart, and we enjoyed it immensely. It was absolutely it's delightful. Really good, cool. So thanks really. for
2: that, Simon. Glad you liked it, James.
0: Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And old Taron got the uh, won the Golden Globe, didn't he, the other night for his performance? He
2: did. Yes. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah, well deserved.
0: he was really good. And I've just caught up as well with the Apollo Eleven documentary. So they've done a documentary around the first trip to the moon as directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> and uh, the restoration of the footage from that period is unbelievable. It could actually pass for modern day. Oh really? Reconstructions in terms of how sharp and beautiful it looks. Wow. wow. And it's just a great story, isn't it? It's just about loads of blokes doing their job really well. And yeah, it's really good. It's a really good 90-minute documentary I enjoyed it immensely. W- what's it called, James? What's It's, its just name? called Apollo 11.
2: Oh, is it? Sorry. Right. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So, what about you? Um, over christmas i managed to complete the ultimate festive trifecta on christmas eve and we watched home alone muppet's christmas carol and die oh. hard all in one oh. which is oh, such a good super christmas a good festive trip. oh that's lovely yeah, really good and then on new year's eve we just had a quiet one new year's eve because i'm too old to go out and have <laughs> like you know, dress up and and have a fun time so i just stayed in and we watched uh, midsummer which is absolutely amazing but we timed it just right. So just on... Uh, as the credits rolled, it got to 11.59. So we just timed it really perfectly <laughs> to, just, <laughs> to just watch it. Um, and then as soon as that finished, we were both utterly depressed. Yes. <laughs> And then fireworks cheered us up, so it was fine. It's not a great one to watch with with your partner, is it?
0: I mean, that is a. It was like must be the most harrowing breakup film oh, ever. It, it,
2: it's so good. <laughs> like, it, it's quite long, but it never felt. You know, it never laboured or got dry. It's really no. It's well so, made. so well made, yeah. And then. um well, it sort of links quite well to Midsummer, actually. I, I went to the cinema yesterday and watched Little Women. Oh, lovely. Ah. And I, honestly, I bloody loved it. It was amazing. Sound. Although I was really pissed off at the security man at the cinema I went to. I went to the Genesis in Mile End, uh, not Mile End, in Stepney Green in London. And uh, he confiscated my popcorn and my Cadbury's Freddo. Because he would, <laughs> and I was really good. What?
0: Why? <laughs> did you bring in contraband, Simon?
2: We, yeah, we brought, I felt like a naughty schoolboy. He was like, open your bag. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then I had my little friend. I didn't think that actually, actually happened. ever happened. And, and, and they, they confiscated it. And really? Put in a little bag. Uh, give me a little ticket, and the they were like, pick it up at the end. And I was like, oh, God, I've got no treats now for the cinema.
0: That's outrageous. I've never heard of that actually happening.
2: That is,
1: I mean, it's so ridiculous. I
2: thought I thought it was a myth. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I still love the jet. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because it's a cinema in London where the tickets are super cheap. Um, it's like they're like right, fair They're, enough, like, then. they're like five pound Monday to Thursday, so I'll let them off. I'll let oh, that's them off. not too bad. As for Little Women, it's it's such a lovely, lovely film.
1: Ah, cool. You, know,
2: you touched on Taryn Edgerton winning a Golden Globe, so we're like well in the throes of award season. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an absolute travesty that Greta Gerwig is being, has been completely snubbed so far. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's
1: she's gonna get overlooked again, isn't she? Yeah, it's awesome. an amazing film. Awesome. Um. Well, what about you, Rob? Wow. Well, well, get ready for some classy selections here. Oh, um. Early, early on in the in the in the sort of festive holidays when the kids were off school, uh, they wanted to watch E. T. Having seen him on that Sky advert. <laughs> oh, um. And um, I actually watched it, and I got over it you oh, know all the problems you faced I your
2: fear I, you faced your fear I
1: faced it I faced it head on and I got over it and by the end I was in tears with just the sheer majesty of that oh. film it's unbelievable that movie. what a hot it's take it's the first time I've ever I know yeah <laughs> no, i literally it was like watching it with new eyes for the first
0: can time can I shock you can I shock you E.T. is really good <laughs> <laughs> Jesus finger on the
3: pulse
1: It was really good. I, you know the, the music's outstanding. Uh you know again this is probably the latest I've ever been to a particular party in pop culture, I think. I'm never usually the first to attend but this is something else. Um after that um I'm afraid New Year's Night was dominated by a double bill of Beethoven's 1 and 2. Um, <laughs> um, Charles Grodin is 58 in those films. Flipping heck. Is Charles Grodin still alive? He's not, is he? It? is, yeah. Born is in it? 1935. Wow. Oh,
2: crikey, Wait, He's, he's, no 80,
1: well, he's 80, what is, 85 years old. Nora. What a complete legend. But uh, apparently, you know, the, the mum, uh, Bonnie Hunt, According to the director uh, of Beethoven 2, she was a nightmare to work with. Wow. Which I can't picture. Um, But Beethoven 2 of the 2 is better because it's got this absolute banger on the soundtrack by Dolly Parton and James Ingram. Um, You know, the the day I fall in love... uh, Check that out. Yeah, but
0: doesn't, uh, <laughs> Be- doesn't Beethoven have David Duchovny getting dragged through a hedge backwards by a
1: big dog? It, it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Duchovny is in super smarmy sort of pre-Mulder mode. Yeah. Um, and it's it's superb as well. Uh, aside from that, I went to see Frozen 2 at the cinema with the kids. Oh, nice. Um, My brother did that with his daughter. Oh, well. did he? he? He was into it. Did he? What did he think? He thought he was better than the first one. Oh, Dan... I love you man I've always loved you and I agree totally way better than the first one much better themes much more interesting the stakes were a lot higher and the visuals were huge much better than the first one mm. so yeah that's a hot take can that be a that hot a, take yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah nice well we've we've, we've took in some some absolute crackers <laughs> we really porn, have christmas pun yes. yes now <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah yeah uh, now Looking at, uh, tonight's movie, uh, the selection, its a f- well, it's a funny one, really. It because- is. <laughs> <laughs> for, for many reasons. We tried to do this towards the end of last year, but for all sorts of reasons, we couldn't get it done. So we're going to try again tonight. And I've been thinking about it since we watched it. And it's a film from the 90s. <laughs> and aspects of it have aged really poorly. <laughs> Whatever and- could he be referring <laughs> right. to? Him? <laughs> while other aspects have aged pretty well, I think. Uh, Meh, in the context of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It is of a time. And cinema, uh, you know, uh, movies when they come out are obviously indicative of the, of the time and social setting in which they come out at. So I wanted to ask you guys, what films have aged particularly well or particularly poorly?
0: Oof. Oof. Oh, should we start with the with the good ones or the bad ones first?
1: Oh, whichever way you want. Should we do Should we do the bad ones first?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do that, and then we can end on a nice All
1: right. positive yeah, note. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Before we go into the night's movie, which is also a yes. positive note. <laughs> uh, James, do you
0: want to go first? Yeah. So the one that sprung to mind for me, and I've always thought this about this film, but. Nobody else seems to have registered it. So are you familiar with the uh, Tom Hanks film, Big?
2: Yes. I love that uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I have seen it for ages. Yeah,
0: though. so basically, it's the heartwarming tale of how a child uses witchcraft to trick an old adult woman into having sex with him, <laughs> the PTSD and years of therapy that woman will endure after the credits roll on that movie. And she sees him walking back to his house as a 13-year-old boy thinking, I had sex with him. Oh, n- would never be made today, <laughs> and for good reason. <laughs> Tom Hanks can be as charming as he wants, but he was in a weird <laughs> pedo movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that would be my pick. I don't think that's aged very well, to be honest. Uh, oh, a bit of a fun science. piece of trivia for that, no, co- though, uh, for that yeah. film. Before they got Tom Hanks, do you know who they were circling to play that role? Well,
2: it wasn't Tom Hanks to begin with. No,
0: no, 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 it was someone else. I assumed it was always him. Who was it? A really really famous actor. Tom Cruise. Al Pacino. Very close, Rob. It was Robert De Niro. No. <laughs>
1: no. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I was just trying to think of someone that would make the role completely preposterous. Yeah. <laughs> I never found it. <laughs> wow. Good wow. grief. Sai? <laughs> si, have you got what what movie um didn't hasn't aged well for you? I think you touched the a- which we will touch on later, of like
2: why this particular film we're about to cover has dated, and th- you know the sort of social and political side of things do really date films, and the big one for that is like Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah, with mm. Mickey Rooney playing Mister Yunioshi, oh which God. is really that's the worst like, thing ever. <laughs> shall we say unsavoury? And I think that's putting it quite lightly. It's really, really horrible, and I think. I remember there's a there's a scene in the Bruce Lee biopic Dragon where he goes to he goes on a date to the cinema with his wife and they go and watch breakfast at Tiffany's and he's just sat there and the audience just like crying because he's just like they're all laughing at this ho- horrendous racist portrayal of a <laughs> of a of an Asian man. And you, it's just really horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just really, really horrible. <laughs> but then other than that, I reckon like the dawn of CGI really puts a timestamp on a lot of films. Yeah. You're right um, mate, you're
1: absolutely and, right. And
2: like those that rely so much on that technique like really have kind of have a short lifespan in terms of going back to them decades or like even even like years later. Yeah yeah you know, cause yeah. Because the, sure. the technology develops so quickly over time. And then yeah the main one that sticks out or two rather that stick out is the the Matrix sequels. I wasn't really into them at the time. But I tried to rewatch them recently to give them a, a say and I just, I, they were unwatchable. I couldn't get through. Really? It's quite funny because the first one hasn't aged at all. Like it's yeah. still
1: Yeah, that's the, amazing. the the weird one, yeah. I think it there's a sweet spot with CGI, isn't there? Where it's not overused and you get away with it and it, it it's part of the story and not part yeah. of an effect. You know, and that like if you can hit that then it will still be timeless. Like we're not talking yet about films that have aged well, but Jurassic Park, you still don't look at the CGI really and go, yeah, well, yeah. that takes me out of that world or anything yeah, like that. Yeah,
2: because it's kind of like disguised, isn't it, in the film around It, it. is, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. there are films which which sort of like put it front and centre and it sort of exposes it over time. Yes,
3: definitely.
0: You
2: know, it just looks a bit crap. It's like old computer game graphics, isn't it? Absolutely,
1: yeah. I've just got here as well, site, like Matrix Reloaded and what was the... Revolutions as well. I mean... it it's just you can't what it's almost unwatchable the CGI like especially the fight with Neo and all the Mr. Smiths. It's just like yeah. rubber yeah. people, rubber people yeah. having a fight. It's it is, absolute yeah. nonsense. And just to slightly defend the Wachowskis
0: on those particular things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you're the first ones through the doors, you're the ones who are going to get shot in the face, Absolutely. basically. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: yeah, of course. They took the bullets
0: for everybody else in terms of trying something that just wasn't ready oh, no, yet at I, all. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> But I don't see, I am mean, it's still, I don't know whether you could do it now, that 150 Mr. Smith versus Neo or whatever it was. You know, I don't, I still don't know whether you could manage that now.
0: Yeah, it's, I think for me, it just sort of clanged. When I've watched that, rewatched that, and it's been a while, Is like, when it cuts from the CG back to the practical, it looks like two different things. It looks like you're going from a computer yeah. game cutscene on a PlayStation 2. Yeah to then just a, a practical film. It's it's very weird.
1: Yeah, it is strange that. Um, but the, this goes back to as well, there's lots of reasons why movies... Age, you know, and like, I mean, I think that that moment in the Mummy Returns where the rock was the scorpion, <laughs> yes, half oh scorpion. Thing. I mean, yes. that that had aged by the time I walked out into the foyer of the. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How he even has a career after and that? The- He's like the biggest movie star on the planet. That should have ruined it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't detract at all from my love for that movie. <laughs> so, well, it's a great um, movie, isn't but- it? It's a really good movie. It is really good, yeah, yeah. I love the Scorpion King as well. While we're on that, and they Maybe, probably both know.
0: qualify for this, Rob. If you want to uh, keep your powder dry on
1: <laughs> those, uh, let's you know <laughs> holster that sidearm, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but there's other reasons as well. Like, another reason that, that I, I was thinking about this was um, at the time that Garden State came out, you know, the Zach Braff movie. Mm. Um, oh yes, I thought like that is. Oh my god this is the future of cinema and yes. this is how all movies are going to be made and this style and all that kind of stuff and i spent my time then like writing these sort of subpar garden state scripts yeah with the that cloyingly awkward dialogue and long takes of nothingness and yeah. watching it back recently it's not aged well <laughs> <laughs> no. it's just not aged well it's borderline unwatchable now and i, I it yeah. hit me
0: the same way like i watched it and like oh, well, I just need to find a girl who's exactly like Natalie Portman and everything's going to yeah, be all right. Yeah, yeah. But then as you get older, you yeah. realise that women like that don't exist because they've been created by a man in a screenplay and they're basically a manic
1: <laughs> yes. pixie dream girl, aren't they? Like... Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's a stylistic reason that that didn't work. Um, but to go on to sort of thematically why certain things didn't work, I've got two things here that really spring to mind. Dirty Dancing, everyone loves it. She's seventeen, but he, him, and his magic pelvis are thirty-four. Let's just never forget that, please. My last, the last one I want to mention because I love this film. Um, how, with through a modern lens, how weird is, it, weird is Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, right, the, so weird. This guy, this guy, they split up, so this guy takes it upon himself to deceive his entire family <laughs> by dressing as an elderly Scottish woman. <laughs> <laughs> and ingratiates themselves into their homes. This is psychotic behaviour. <laughs> he should be in prison. He should be sectioned yeah. by the end of the film. <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. I thought at the time that it, it you know, the sort of the dynamics of divorce yeah. were really sort of accurately yeah, handled yeah. and well portrayed. The sort of one, the the sort of the dad in that equation went absolutely off the rails. <laughs> in of a, he would not get uh, busted, in a brilliant way.
2: He would really would not get no. The
1: court was bang on, the courts were right. Like I, re- I remember thinking, like, <laughs> P- Pierce Brosnan's actually really nice in it. And he's, he's like, he's oh, is the bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, it's oh really no, I nice know. In. And, you know, uh, I can't stop. You know where he chokes? <laughs> he gets that allergic reaction. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 hot Chambalay! Hot Chambalay! <laughs> superb, superb. Right, so what about movies that have aged well? Right, well. I've got uh, a couple.
0: So early, uh, last year, sorry, I went to see T2 on the big screen, and that still holds Oof. up completely. Even where awesome, the awesome. CGI is a little shonky, it's used so sparingly and to enhance the plot and the storytelling and the practical effects around it really just make it pop still and it, it worked really well. Yeah. And I also went to see um, the when the re-released Apocalypse Now and the 4K transfer oh, cool. on the big screen... Oh, it was incredible. Yeah. Like, it literally could have been made yesterday. It looked so good. And it was still... Yeah. To be honest, it was the best film really? I saw in the cinema last year, even though they'd put the plantation really? sequence back in, which I don't particularly love. Uh, anyway, I'm digressing. Yeah, th- so those two, for me, have aged incredibly well and don't look a day older than when they were originally made.
1: Nice, nice. Sai? Other
2: than, like, your total childhood, like, classics, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, two big ones. They just still yeah, yeah. are absolutely amazing. yeah. But there are certain filmmakers whose output is like pretty much timeless. So people like Scorsese, Taxi Driver, King of Comedy, yeah, Freaking, yeah, yeah. yeah. French Connection, Sorcerer, we discussed oh, that yeah. not long ago. Yeet Kubrick, obviously, 2001, The Shining, uh, Full Metal Jacket. And then more recently, I think Fincher's probably in that group as well. So yeah, yeah. Fight Club's still good, Zodiac's still good. And you don't realize how old these films are as well because they're just still. No, that's that's really the thing really and amazing. Yeah. And yeah, James, your film, the decade. I after you said that, I rewatched the Social Network. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, last week. You, you would not believe that's ten years old. No,
0: it's incredible, and really it?
2: the only the you know the 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 sort of CGI face thing with Army Hammer. Yeah, yeah. That comes out a bit, which I did not notice at the time at all. No, I
0: didn't at all because I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, but that sound, that kind of comes out a bit but again it, it it's it's plot reasons and you know it's, yeah, it's sort yeah. of like an unavoidable thing. I'd rather that than a a sort of green screened in two army hammer sort of thing. But then some someone as well who might not usually immediately spring to mind in this conversation, but I really think Catherine Bigelow's movies are they they they're just so timeless. They are. So like Near Dark and Point Break are really good examples. Uh, despite being from the 80s and 90s. And Near Dark in particular has kind of, over time has kind of become the benchmark for like that particular genre of like vampire films. That's the sort of high bar, like with with that sort of American vampire movie. And then I think Zero Dark Thirty and Hurt Locker are just going to carry that trend. I don't think they'll age at all either. Yeah, Yeah,
1: they're going nowhere in terms of the aging process, I don't feel, Mm. because I don't remember anything that would particularly date them because they're, they're shot perfectly, and they're completely of a of a particular point well, in time. Aren't they'll they? They'll
0: just become period pieces, weren't they? Because it yeah. was so much, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. grounded in reality in, in the stories that she was telling. You know what? Confession never seen near dark, but I'm going to give it a spin now, Simon. After your uh, oh. after your glowing recommendation, there.
1: Awesome. I think what from that discussion there, we sort of what what you can definitely take from it is that if a particular film is is made by an elite-level filmmaker, mm-hmm. it's less likely to age poorly. Yeah. Um, and if you don't rely on OTT CGI, it's also less likely to age poorly. So that's like the formula, I think. I think we've stumbled across. And if
0: you don't make horrible racist decisions in the film as well, like the white <laughs> yes, man is, is an Asian, uh, Asian person, then again, <laughs> yeah. it's going to age <laughs> better.
1: Yes, this is it. We've come up with the magic formula for timeless cinema. Don't be racist. See? See? <laughs> <I can't. laughs> um, there's so much in that that you both said that I totally agree with, like Scorsese's back catalogue, just it's really timeless. I'd also add um, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs, also feel less so Reservoir Dogs, possibly, but also feel pretty timeless as well. Um, yeah. But um, I, I think, you know, when I look back, sometimes I think about some movies next to each other, And, like, one movie was made in a certain period and another one was made at the same time. And sometimes one looks fresh as a daisy and the other one looks dead tired. You know, I think of all the stuff that came out in 90... Was it five, four? But Speed just still looks like... It holds up without doubt. Um, But I also think that's down to um, an ahead-of-its-time directorial and editing style. I mean it's as fast and frenetic as anything. I think like yeah yeah. It's as good as any action movie I've ever ever seen. And also then if you want to go for to really clean looking interesting palettes with that. Unbreakable in 2000. Yeah. Now if you think that's 20 years old. Yeah, it looks, it looks great, great oh, for 20 that? years, yeah, doesn't it? That is good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, 20 years old. So, yeah, timeless great filmmaking. Yeah. What's your favourite film of all time? It might be a sophisticated classic, a childhood favourite, or an enjoyable pile of trash you just can't help but watch over and over again. The Pick of the Flicks podcast, hosted by me, Tom Beasley, is all about celebrating people's favourite movies in whatever form they take. Each week, I interview a different guest about their chosen favourite, whether I agree with their choice or think they're as mad as one of Tom Hardy's accents. So tune in to Pick of the Flicks every week on the Flickering Myth podcast network, and subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Maybe your favourite film will be next. So, gents, whose movie is it tonight?
0: I think we all know Jean-Claude.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you, James. I know it was a rhetorical question. I don't know how to say rhetorical like Jean-Claude. Easy for you to say, Jean. <laughs> it was JCVD's pick! <laughs> JCVD! Uh, Logline. With the death of a high-profile British businessman and his wife in Hong Kong, twin boys are separated at six months old and somehow, despite growing up on different continents, presumably followed identical nutrition, lifestyle and workout plans to develop (laughs) the exact same chiselled physique and precise European accent, despite neither of them ever going near Europe, and join forces later in life to take on their parents' killers and reclaim their birthright. Of course, without doubt, one packs a piece, the other packs a punch. It's (laughs) double impact.
3: (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme. He always makes an impact. Now, get ready. Double impact. There's two of them. Think about it. Van Damme times two.
1: He looks exactly
3: like you.
0: Me? Twin brothers. Reunited on a mission. Watch my pack. To avenge their parents' death.
3: One packs a punch. One packs a piece. good to me. Together, they deliver. Double impact. Excuse me.
1: From Hollywood to the Far East. Land. On sea. And in the air.
3: (laughs) They're damn quick. Express service. Damn cool. Damn hot. So now what do we do? That's what I love about you.
1: Bam, (laughs) damn. Times two. Double the fun. I would never in my life wear
0: black silk underwear. I'm with you on that one. And double. Double damage. Double impact. Do you know the bit about the um, (laughs) uh, about the murdered British businessman? Totally forgotten that that was the setup for this film. (laughs) (laughs) We watched it a couple of weeks (laughs) ago. Like, as far as I'm concerned, it starts when they're in the uh, aerobic studio but we'll get
2: to,
0: get to that. We will get to that,
2: James.
0: Flipping We will
2: get to
1: that. So, Rob, I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask, but uh, why did you pick this? <laughs> I mean, having seen it, James, surely the question really is, why didn't I pick it sooner? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's one of the... I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a huge JCBD fan, um, but it's one of the first truly adult action movies i'd ever seen uh, so yeah it came out in 91 i think i got it on vhs actually when you say jcvd vhs it kind of works yeah vhs <laughs> uh got it on vhs uh, when i was i think 15 or 14 possibly and it blew my mind to pieces because it this is a violent violent film and um there's some rudy bits in there as well, which I was deeply unprepared for. <laughs> it's like I was watching Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to see how it held up through um, a modern lens. Yeah, that's that's what that's how we put it. But um, so, um, what's your you know, boys? What's your history with this movie? Zero,
0: <laughs> zero. I've seen it before. I have seen it before, but I can't remember when. Where? Why? How <laughs> I just have big legs and karate in my <laughs> stuck in my brain. Oh
2: I
1: love it. Uh, so but say so, this is a first watch for you.
2: Yeah, surprisingly. I mean I, I cause I remember the uh you know, the D V D cover where oh. it's two van Dams back to back, one with a gun, swoon. And the proper like nineties font at the top. Oh. But yeah. I th- honestly, when you pro- when you said this one, Rob, I thought this was the one where he does a little dance in the in the bar, but it wasn't, and I was really disappointed. No, that no, that's breaking. No, no. I thought
0: it was the one with Dennis Rodman at
2: first. What's it, double that? Team. Double yes, team, see, no.
0: very very similar yeah. titles. <laughs> I imagine they're not that different in terms of the films.
1: <laughs> Have you seen Double Team? <laughs>
2: no. I've seen Double Team. They are well, different. They are extremely different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the first half of Double Team is wicked. Uh, it's really good. Just for you wait for a few episodes time for, a, for <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> When I call in <laughs> Double Team to the podcast... No, I'm joking. We'll, But that might visit at some point. I'm going to have to actually watch it again and see whether I still like it, though. You know, that's the thing. Because um, like we discussed before, these movies don't tend to age spectacularly well at times. Um so you guys have both seen it now obviously. How uh, how does it qualify? I mean I I wanted to do it but I didn't really know if it qualified or not until I put it to you both and you said yeah it works. So how does it qualify? Of
2: course it did. Of course it
1: <laughs> did. It's not going to be the best reviewed film of 1991
0: is it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Jean Claude being up for best actor twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> twice! <laughs> uh, so, James, budget and box office, what have you got for me?
0: Okay, so uh, budget wise, it's somewhere between 15 and 18 million. And it made about thirty million worldwide. Oh, it's a hit! Well, Wikipedia claims it's like eighty million, but that seems ridiculous.
1: That's unbelievable. I can't that's see like that, that being the case. That would be a massive hit. Yeah, profitable either way. Profitable. Excellent. So it doesn't qualify. He was that big way. at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and and it's you know it's double impact. You get two Van Dams. Maybe that's what they've done. <laughs> two JCVD. <laughs>
0: They've doubled the actual takings and put that on there. I imagine they maybe just adjusted for inflation.
1: I'd I'd love... Now, please tell me this happened um, from the the trivia section that we go into, but please tell me that JCVD took two fees for this. (laughs) That doesn't come up in the trivia, I'm afraid. Damn it! Damn it! Desperate to hear some story where he went in as Chad and Alex to the studio arguing for two separate fee packages. Um, So sigh what about critically? I'm mean, I'm assuming I will let Letterbox have its usual three, but I'm guessing eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh,
2: well, a bit, uh, close actually, not close at all. <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny review wise. So Rotten Tomatoes has it at thirty two percent. Ah. So quite low. Ah. And then that's the cri- the critical one. An audience, it's not much higher at forty two. I'm afraid, Rob. So oh my I'm word. Not much higher. <laughs> Huh. There's actually, you know, it's actually quite hard to get some reviews of the time of this, because um, I assume during the year of 1991, our mate Mick LaSalle chose not to watch this <laughs> when he had his pile of screener DVDs on the on the side table. Screener VHS, screener VHS. He he chose to watch Terminator Two. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But there's a there was a good review from Brian Orndorff of BrianOrndorff.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. So this review this this review was actually from 2011. Um, Van Damme was never great with drama, lousy with the English language, but put the man in tight pants and surrounded with Asian stuntmen and there's pure joy to be had. Yes! <laughs> Look, I don't like him having a dig at his English. I want
0: to hear what Brian's Flemish is like, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy to have a
2: go from your little ivory tower at yeah,
0: brianornstein.com. Yeah.
2: Well, so so so, Bry so Bry gave it a rating of B minus. I mean, I oh. don't know why he's marking it like a school teacher. But he <laughs> <gave> it... <laughs> so basically, you know, like it did all right on its midterm. <laughs> yes. Sadly, it's not. It's another one where it's not on metacritic. Oh, on yeah, supreme... So instead, I'm going to pull. Out this rather curious butte of an average from Google, which I think you'll like, Rob, oh. as it states that ninety percent of people like this book. Oh, <laughs> yes,
1: the people have spoken. I'm sorry, lads, the podcast got to end because we don't actually qualify. It was a box office success and people liked it. So. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right, cool. see you then. Uh, see you next night, week. Lad, also, night, <laughs>
2: also, also on, uh, also on Amazon. Uh, it has a rating of four and a half stars out of five right. from 226 ratings, 225 of which I assume came from you, Robert. <laughs> copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste do
0: you know do you know uh, who was quite into the movie he gave it two of his famous four stars was Roger Ebert and I I found Ebert
2: yeah
0: I found his um, his review quite interesting because it reads more like a comparison piece between Van Damme and another FYR alumni So, um, yeah, so the (laughs) movies like this always seem to draw enthusiastic audiences, largely consisting of intense looking adolescent males, not saying anything, Rob, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) Roger's judging. Whether they prefer one martial arts hero to another, I cannot say. My own favourite is Steven Seagal, because he seems more introspective and thoughtful, a philosopher who has been forced into violence by the nature of our unkind universe. That's in the review for Double
1: Impact. What does that have to do with this? (laughs) This is, I mean, this is only adding to the love I have for both Sigal and Van Damme. This, that's all it's doing. <laughs> Superb. Do you know
0: wow. what Ebert also implied in, the, um, in his review? He said that it, the film uses the latest advances in split-screen image processing, suggesting that the effects in Double Impact are actually pretty cutting-edge.
1: Uh, let, let me just check my notes here. <laughs> yes, the effects are good. Yes, yes, <laughs> they are good. They are good. They've got the Ebert seal
2: of approval. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to round this one up because we, we we haven't covered letterbox yet. Oh yeah. Sorry about well, it's 2.6 it's lower than No, usual no, it can't be lower. It, it didn't break the 3 mark. <laughs> I I did find a really good positive positive review from this is from Ian L. He says, "Any movie with Van Damme is awesome. Any movie with two Van Dammes is even better." Five stars. <laughs> You know, dude, you are
0: welcome here anytime, anytime. Rob, you need to set up a Letterboxd account because you'd have some of the best followers ever, I
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> These guys? Yeah. Plus, you'd be able to push it, up the
0: but... averages of all your uh movies. Yes, best that's movements. true.
1: I need multiple <laughs> accounts. <laughs> cool cool so i'm guessing that um this movie was um it will have been filmed sometime in 1990 with it coming out in 91. Um, yeah, you would. Yeah. Do do we have any? Because I I found this quite difficult to come across. Do we have any particular sort of stories from set? Any trivia? Anything? Like, anything about the main star being choked out and pooing in his pants?
0: No, nothing that that good. But although I did find quite a funny one. So Van Dam wanted to play twins to help change his image. One of them is violent, and the other is not. They're both quite violent. <laughs> <laughs> One's meaner about it, but they're both pretty violent. I, lo- I love the so idea the audience that- could see the contrast in my work. <laughs> and then it, what I really enjoyed is he starts talking like Martin Scorsese, so he doesn't describe it as a film and describes it as a picture. So this picture has comedy, romance, a love story. Bloody hell, I don't want to be in a relationship with JCVD if he thinks this is a love
1: story. Right, hang on, let's make a note of that, because I'm going to come back to you at the end and say, where was the comedy, where was the love story, where was the romance? I didn't see any of that. Was, was he watching the right film? I don't
2: know, he's showing the right film. So it's
0: not all action and fighting. When I fight on screen, I blend dancing and fighting. Grace plus power is very nice. I should have got you to read these out, Rob. <laughs>
1: I don't know where to begin with what a brilliant quote that is. <laughs> because, like all great, you know, enigmatic film stars, it sounds like absolute garbage. <laughs> it sounds like pure rot. <laughs> uh, but, God love him. Um Yeah, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to come back. Can we revisit that quote at the end to see whether the the film we're about to discuss matches up with JCVD's assertions of it?
0: So we're looking for comedy, romance, and a love story.
1: Right. Let me just let me just note these down here on the side here. Comedy. You know, nothing is springing to mind at the moment. It's not a wellspring of these things. Right. So, should we start with the movie? Should we get straight into it? Um. Yeah. So, oh, how do we even begin? I mean, first off, the thing that hit me was that Van Damme has a writing credit. On yeah, well, this. him
0: and three others, which seems ridiculous because, well, it's this movie. <laughs> 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 Why did it take more than one person an afternoon to write this? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so we we start, um, and it's set quite a unique setting, I thought, Hong Kong. I liked it, yes. and I thought the photography of Hong Kong was good. So um, there is a businessman, and he has twin babies, and he has a bodyguard who's called Frank, who's played by Jeff- Jeffrey Lewis, who, according to IMDb, is rather cruelly um, stated to be talented and <laughs> highly capable character actor with rustic, sometimes sour-faced looks. <laughs> <laughs> That is his official bio. Who's
2: his agent? Oh. Is that at the top of his CV when he has <laughs> <ends> it around? <laughs>
1: um, I, incidentally, I thought Jeffrey Lewis was great in this. It's really yeah. good. Um, so these babies, uh, a business deal goes down, and it's about the uh, the bridge. Uh, sorry, the underground um, tunnel. I should say, between uh, Hong Kong and mainland China. And it's obviously got colonial British interests involved, hence this British family. And a Chinese businessman is not happy about it and he gets Bolo Young and a gang of ne'er-do-wells to kill the, this, this family. But they don't get it right and they leave the twins alive. And um, Frank manages to get one and the nanny manages to get the other. The nanny is awful, by the way. Just leaves one. <laughs> what?! The nanny's dreadful. What do you want her to do? <laughs> I wanted to pick up a Magnum 45 and blast these fools out of there. <laughs>
2: to be fair, if I saw Bolo, your guy would get the fuck out of there.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I was really happy to see you, actually, because I, I, I realised quite quickly I'd, I'd actually never seen this film. Um, and then when Bolo popped up, I was like, "Oh, nice!" And then, you know, you know, when you do that moment where you like sink down and you seat, "It's all right. I'm interested." Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: because he, he's got a really good screen presence, actually, hasn't he, Bolo? Young? He does. Yeah, that... oh, he's he's great. Yeah, like, he's really good.
0: Yeah, him and Jean Claude got on so well on Bloodsport that Jean Claude insisted that uh, only Bolo Young to play the uh, could play the lead villain
1: in the movie. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome love it. Yeah,
2: I think I know him from Enter the Dragon. He's in Enter the Dragon. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, this, yeah. He's one of the He's like he's the um fighters he's
1: actually like um a legend of this sort of corner of cinema, isn't he? You know, the mm. Hong Kong cinema, the sort of fraternization with um US cinema as well. So, yeah, really really cool um to have him there. Um and he's huge and imposing and terrifying. And this so this uh, did anyone have, <laughs> I we don't like talking about um bad stuff on this pod but the twins' dad, Paul Wagner... Oh, my, Wagner, God, oh my days. <laughs> I can't remember a more unconvincing acting performance in my life. So, so, so this is the first line
2: of my notes, because I don't know that these twins are Van Damme at this point. <laughs> the British
1: dude is an awful actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, He gets given um, a cigar case, doesn't he? He's like... um. Thanks, Frank. Very nice. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's
2: dire. Let's just say let's just say I'm glad he got shot oh. in the face. Yeah, oh, I didn't me. mind him
0: too much because he may as well just be a cardboard cutout because he's just a catalyst for the plot anyway.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> is a plot device, isn't he? Um, and their deaths, I mean Mr. and Mrs. Wagner, it is squib central. I mean they it's yes. appalling. <laughs> At one point you can see Mrs. Wagner's brains. All <laughs> It's oh, dreadful. Frank <laughs> sees it, because Frank, being a complete legend, this is Sourface Jeffrey Geoffrey Lewis, um, <laughs> races up in a lovely sports car and gets involved and sees them. Um, and I didn't like seeing the babies crying and the idiot nanny leaving one of them and all that, you know. I, I, as a parent, no good. I, I think the
0: nanny's getting a real raw deal from you. Here, <laughs> right, Rob, no, right, it no, isn't no. her job to protect the children from bullets, right? <laughs> because yes, they're up to that is double time at, at least. <laughs> to be honest, and she she's did... lost her job because the employers have just been <laughs> <in> three.
2: <laughs> a bit of compassion.
1: I've got none for her.
2: I was really disappointed that the babies weren't wearing matching fresh denim uh,
1: <laughs> <and> <laughs> sleeveless jackets. And lovely mullet, T- Chris Timbuls. Chris This is when uh, Bolo <laughs> takes one in the face, and this is the the whole crux of the movie hinges on this moment, really, where Frank sees it was this particular businessman Griffith. Um, then. He hides one baby while the others dropped off at the orphanage. And I thought this is like, it's quite a good central conceit for a thriller. This, if you know, I think if it had had a better supporting actor than whoever played Paul Wagner, (laughs) I think like you've got quite a good opener here. The idea that these twins have been split up um, after a a, a sort of a, a mob hit has gone wrong, I think that's quite good. And it, I think it's called the. But this harks back to that idea that Van Damme probably had uh, some ideas a bit above his station.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's based on the Alexandra Dumas novel, The Corsican Brothers. The Corsican Brothers, that's it. Uh, Obviously, because that was written so long ago, they don't have to pay any copyrights. (laughs) <laughs> so they could just freely I don't think there was anything like this in the original text. I can not I've not read it.
1: But... <laughs> no, there definitely wasn't a moment with big legs and spandex coming up in the original. <laughs> it, so
0: originally it was going to set place in France and you know that would have made, you know, half a modicum of sense in terms of the accents
2: but hey-o. You know. <laughs> I, I did like how uh, how the the baby you stayed in Hong Kong um, he he got dropped off at a, a French orphanage, didn't he? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So ah. he got dropped off, and it and it like panned up, and it was like orphanage for the for, for the French or something. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh well, there's an the explanation why he's gonna sound the way he does because so... he's raised
1: by French nuns. Oh, yeah, yeah. In Hong Kong. That that will make <laughs> that, that. I mean, that makes a lot more sense than. Chad, the other one. Well, yeah, there's no explanation for Chad.
0: Well, no, because Chad was raised in Paris. Oh, was he? If you're listening oh, at the start, I Rob, how that. many times have you seen this film? I've, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to say at least 40, but I've
1: I <laughs> I've been obviously yeah, enjoying it, the... it.
0: This is what they always do. I miss the orphanage bit, but they always put in a throwaway line or a detail.
2: Really? Just to
1: explain the accents. <laughs> is he always learning, always learning on the FYR Film Podcast.
2: Is it because Americans don't know about the country Belgium <laughs> that we have to say
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most likely. Well, it, it's
2: 50. Well,
0: it's like it's three ways, isn't it, in Belgium? So you have a third of people speak German, a third speak French, and the other speaks Flemish as well. So right, it's, right, right, they don't have their own language. There's no such thing as a Belgian uh, language. So, yeah. Uh, Fran- French is easy.
1: And he does sound French. He has a yeah, French does accent, sound. doesn't he? So. Mm. Um, yeah. Because this this then would lead up to you know nicely to uh, twenty five years later um, where the s- nicely gorgeously what are you on about? Oh nicely, yeah, it's true. <laughs> s- the sass factor goes up massively here, uh, and we're introduced to um, the greatest yoga class in cinema history. Well, I I thought I'd t- I'm going to leave you guys talk this through. I thought a porno had suddenly started because it just <laughs> <laughs> it just. Turned-
0: It just um, (laughs) it just opens with like Van Dam stretching this woman off. Remember that um, music video from about probably like fifteen years ago. Now the aerobics class, uh, you know, call on me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That one, right? And I was like, what is this at all? And then he gets (laughs) up and he's like, he's like, it's very important to stretch, ladies, because of my big legs and my. Karate,
2: <laughs> <laughs> which is arguably the best and bit listeners, in the film. L- listeners, you didn't see James actually manage to kick his light bulb.
0: You know, <laughs> <get him> <laughs> <My> groin, ouch! <laughs> I should have stretched like JCBD sir.
2: <laughs>
0: anyway, he's like he's, he's macking on all the birds in the. Um, <laughs>
2: He is. It, of course he is. <laughs> the, the camera is so low on his lovely, like, tight buns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You've
0: light. got to say, right, there's some, there's quite, we'll get onto it, but there's quite a bit of gratuitous nudity in this but Van Damme is just as big a piece of meat as everybody oh, yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, I don't think anyone is getting objectified more than Van Damme in this world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is nothing is left to the imagination in this particular sequence whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. You're right, James, when you make that pornography allegory, it is so accurate. Cause they're all over him, like, oh chad, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's he's looking at everyone like, it's okay. It's okay. I know it's okay. It's, <laughs> Big it's legs. yeah, okay, I know I'm handsome. It's fine. <laughs> and then so then cool. he's asked to take part in a karate class and this is yeah. that, <laughs> someone's acting up. Yeah, <laughs> the Why up. is this 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 sort of like <laughs> cockney turd in there? <laughs> In their lovely Beverly Hills yoga studio, who's kicking people? And he's like, "Can I, can I, you, can you show me one of your special kicks?" <laughs> and uh, uh, and this uh he, well, he managed to punch a fella out, which is great. It's lovely. And then, um, yeah, Frank wants to talk to him in the office. And yeah. um, this has to be one of the most understated reveals of giant seismic family shift of all time. Like um you've got a twin, his name's Alex, he's in Hong Kong, (laughs) Uncle Frankie, come on. (laughs) He
0: basically just drops a nuclear bomb on this guy's (laughs) life, right, and he does it with all the panache of ordering a takeaway, basically, right. You've got a twin, he's called Alex, he's in Hong Kong, we're going to Hong Kong to sort this out. Basically, we're going on a revenge mission. Pack your yoga pants,
1: let's go. <laughs> I wish he did. Although he did pack some amazing clobber, which we'll get to. Yeah,
2: because At this point, he's in a lovely blue Ralph Lauren polo and really mm. tiny pink shorts, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah. Chad is
1: such a douchebag. Oh, he's a child. He's, he's basically child. dressed like Carlton Banks throughout the <laughs> In the taxi, like, how long till we get to the hotel? You know, <laughs> are we there yet? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go inside, have a shower. It's gonna be great. You go off. You got. You know, he's a baby. He's a massive baby. This guy <laughs> with big legs. A baby with big legs. Um, they go to a mahjong place, um, and the guys start mistakenly recognizing Chad uh, as their boss. Um, and a woman appears, and you know it's the 90s when you get an introduction that starts with a camera move that's that begins at her ankles and <laughs> goes yes. all the way up her entire frame. Uh, but because right. it's already ogled Van Damme to pieces, there's some sort of modicum of equality it's, about it. it. It's
2: 1-1. One, one. It's 1-1, one, one, one. One, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and uh, she, I mean... <laughs> I've got my questions about this lady as we go <laughs> forward, but... <laughs> she um she takes him into the back room and obviously she thinks yeah. he's the twin yes uh he says and she finds out she's you know he just un- she just just undoes his trousers uh, the, sorry those lovely pink uh pants and finds that he's wearing some silk underwear and um <laughs> she he said she says what other surprise am i am I going to find and he says a big surprise a huge <laughs> surprise <laughs> yeah. So this is Alex's
0: girlfriend Danielle. Thank isn't you, it? James. It, basically, she must have sex
1: with Alex in the back of his club all the time. It must be a normal this, thing. I don't. <laughs> right? Can I please ask this question? Right, no, Randall, I'll wait till we see Alex because I've got so many questions about this couple. Right? It's not a great relationship. No. I'm going to put that on front street. Like, <laughs> it's not a great relationship. No, at all. Well, yeah, another JCVD appears, his hair's slicked back, and he butts him out. Yes. And he wakes up a little bit later. Um, Oh, gosh, I feel like I need to speed this up a little bit, but there's so many little details
0: I want to talk about. There is, I mean, because we have to sort of touch on this because this really grounds it unpleasantly in an era. So when his brother comes to, the first thing that Alex does is hit him with some gay slurs and talk about his... (laughs) Talk about
3: self yeah, underwear.
1: It's one of the most well. It's uh, it's the the most unsavoury of gay slurs as well. It's just yes. It's not great. And but he doesn't just do it once in this film. He does it maybe four no. He or doesn't. Five
3: times.
1: No. It's it's definitely. I think it's twice. Is it twice? They're both very noticeable. Right. 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 Oh, must. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I,
0: and he's one of the heroes.
1: Yeah. You're supposed to be <laughs> backing this guy. You know? Yeah. Um. Not a nice man. So this guy, the other one, whereas you've got one JCBD wearing the uh, green Ralph Lauren shirt with pink shorts that are sprayed on. And then you've got this guy who's wearing a lovely um, polo neck, a black polo neck with a leather jacket and jeans and work boots. And um, they couldn't be more different, you know, in inverted commas. (laughs) And um, they, um, I actually thought I, I enjoyed this, you know, um, Ebert's uh, contention that this is cutting-edge split-screen technology, I think, holds up in this scene where they talk it all out.
0: Yeah, it never seems too jarring at all. Yeah, the, I yeah. mean, it's to be honest with you, you look at it now and it's like it just seems like old hat. But it was probably quite difficult to do back in, on oh, this yeah, budget back uh, yeah, in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I agree with totally with that. It, it looks like, I mean, there's a million better ways you could do this now. But at the time, I thought they didn't do a bad job of this at all. Yeah, it was fine, absolutely fine. Lovely. So it's not the the effects that age this; it's the terrible gay slurs. <laughs> so just Attitudes so we've generally. got this out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, this is about the point where I realised: like, you are like literally, you've not seen each other in decades. You've been separated for twenty five years. Why are am I even? The girth of your biceps are the same. I mean, you must be. You're, you're <laughs> literally everything same. I, I don't know how. Yeah. Anyway. I'm lost in it. They've got different hair, Rob. They've got different. Yeah, they're different. Hair. And people. one's got stubble and one's clean shaven. Yeah, I mean, come on. One wears spandex. The other one's happy to throw around gay slurs. They are very different. Exactly.
2: <laughs> what was it? What does he say? Because he he says a line. What's really similar to the hard target line, doesn't he? Where he's like, "Take your fancy clothes and your black silk underwear." and go back to Disneyland. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yes, he like... does.
1: He definitely what? does. Disneyland, what? Why, why, uh, why Disneyland? Disneyland. <laughs> now, I was thinking at this point, right, because I'm looking at the two of them and, and the differences aren't, you know, they're identical because they're the same person. So when Frank and the nanny split them up at, birth, uh, at six months, how did each one of them know which one was? Well, because you got to suspend disbelief <laughs> no no they were each dropped off with a
2: workout regime when they <laughs> like a little pamphlet
1: did they have um, um, like a 25 years worth of meal prep as well <laughs> yeah. dropped off in a great big skip with them
2: yeah ha- half of it was a workout was a workout um, regime and then the other half was a high protein diet and they they just left them under their pillow. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, did you not read the supporting graphic novel? Rob? I
1: don't, I don't, <laughs> no, the, uh, my yeah, my download from Amazon had a supporting PDF, which I didn't look, <laughs> look at whatsoever. Uh, I, you mean but, you haven't seen the eight-part Netflix preview series? <laughs> don't, James. You know how gullible I am, and how much I would swill on an eight-part <laughs> preview series of double impact. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, there, there are facts in the fir- that, sorry the effects in this first meeting um, work um, the the unsubtlety of the opposites of and, and how polar opposite the yes. the dual van damage is. Um, I, I actually somehow buy it, but anyway, he offers Chad some action on a boat, and Chad appears on a boat trip wearing some of the most ludicrous <laughs> ludicrous clothes you're ever going to see. We're talking about a, a, a sort of a maroon blazer, Tanchinos, massive. Silver belt, and the sickest sort of cigarette ash-coloured shirt and tie combination. Uh, right, Rob. It, for the purposes of
0: getting the podcast under four hours, can we just take it <laughs> Chad will be wearing something outrageous
1: in every scene that he's. Okay. In. yeah Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> right. What What I'll do, right, is I'll just I'll drum out the film now, and then <laughs> yeah. we'll right. So he's got he's got to prove to Alex that he can uh, handle himself. He does with this ill-fated boat trip, and then from there we end up. Um, they decide they're going to um, agree to take on Griffith because uh, they killed <laughs> he murdered our parents. Um, so. We, <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to take them on and they find an empty island, which has got a rustic hotel on it. And they decide to set that up as base of operations. And they decide that's the place that they're going to take down Griffith and Bolo Young. And that's pretty much the plot from here, isn't it? Is it, is it Zhang?
2: Who's the chief? Oh, Zhang. Yeah, Zhang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Zhang yeah. as well. Um, who, 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 Bo, who Bolo Young is like the sort of lead
1: henchman of Zang's yeah, clan, is Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he comes across as like the main villain, Bolo Young, but he's actually just a dog's body, isn't he, for this yeah, Zang guy who was in yeah. on the um, assassination of uh, Van Damme's parents. Yeah, absolutely. How do you do a
1: plural of Van Damme? The Van um, Dammes? V- or? Van Damme? <laughs> Van Damme. Um, no idea. The Van Dammes! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a deal. new Netflix
2: series was born. Van <laughs> <laughs> <Same> tune, sorry. <laughs>
1: Netflix you know how to reach us. <laughs> yes. So has so got the whole series. It's a it's a pilot and <laughs> You know, two eight-part series worked out already. Just based on that. <laughs> in fact, on that basic on that sorry, on that as a side note, a script for Double Impact Two has been written, according to Van Damme. Yes.
0: Oof! I imagine that Van damme has got sequels for every single one of the films that might possibly come back into oh. uh, into canon in case he can sort of like relaunch a cinema career again. Oh,
1: I hope he does. Oh, I hope he does. Um, and- I
0: want like a really like cool director to just get hold of him and put him in something, oh, you know, yeah. like how like Chris Nolan did with like Tom Berenger randomly. Yeah, in Inception. yeah, oh, like- be incredible. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not?
0: Why not? Yeah. Or Rudger Hauer was in like, oh, Batman Begins. Yeah. Like, just stuff like that.
1: Because like, um, I thought um, I thought he was really good. In uh, Van Damme was great as Jean Villain in um, Expendables.
2: Oh, he was actually. No, he was. I've yeah. not seen
1: it. I was re- it was great, James. He was really good, didn't it? He? Yeah. He, he, yeah.
2: he roundhouse kicks a knife into um Hemsworth's chest, doesn't he? Mm. Oh wow.
1: Yeah, it's Ace.
2: He is actually a really good villain. He's, yeah, he's very, and he's good, called
1: yeah. Jean Villain. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> yeah. he is. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it, it's, it's such a ridiculous movie. I really like the first one. It's it's really. It's good. Ace. Yeah, I, um, I think. um
1: it was really it, That was in the third, wasn't it? When Van Damme was in it, or Villain. I've or seen the, the, first one one? I I Cold, the first one with Stone Cold Steve Austin. One. No, the first no Stone Cold's in was, the first one. Yeah, the first was oh, Stone Cold. Well, yeah, well, oh, it was it must be the second one then? Because
2: I've I've definitely not seen the third one, so he must be the second one.
1: And, uh, anyway, so the name the is John, John Jean John Villeneuve. It's from the uh, same school of naming villains as um, Pascal Sauvage in Johnny English. <laughs> Such a great name for a villain, by the way. Uh, and as a side note, the music for Johnny English. Flipping air. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah, so we're at home with the Van Dammes on this
0: <laughs> decimated island, right, with a... With an old hotel on it, and you know, there's there's tensions. To be honest, Alex is convinced that Chad wants to get off with Danielle constantly. Yes, I mean Chad looks like he would again. We were discussing on one of the previous episodes how Bond couldn't be left alone with a grapefruit, <laughs> and I think Chad is of that same persuasion. To be honest, vegetable, mineral, or animal, he'll he'll
1: be all over it. He was. They do that. There's that awful Red Shoe Diaries bit, though, isn't there? Yeah, where yeah, where the he drives um Danielle away and um having picked her up when she was um horribly groped by the head of security at um Griffith's place. Oh yeah. Who who is who is that actress? Like uh, she I've got it written down pinch. here. Yeah. Um She, she must is... be like a power lifter or yeah, something. Yeah, I th- I think she's really ahead of her time actually. I think she's
2: a bodybuilder or something, because she's just she's very imposing. I was like, oh, this head of security and then you see her legs later, and you're like, "Fucking hell, she's humongous." <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's true. Uh, Karina
0: Everson, yeah, a Miss Olympia winner.
2: Wow, oh, there you go. Yeah,
0: six-time Miss Olympia
1: winner. Yeah. B- and pardon. she does, oh, she yeah. does
2: grope old Danielle, doesn't she? Quite. Um, oh, it's uh, yeah, it's, to... it's
1: bad news. Yeah, it's it's, it's not. News, it's non-consensual. Um, you know, uh, big legs. Because because <laughs> yes, because
2: Danielle Danielle works for Griffith. Griffith does. not Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. So she's trying to like uh, go undercover and get some dirt and try and prove that Griffith was involved in uh, the death of Van Dam's, the two Chad and Alex's parents. Yeah. Which she does find something eventually, which sort of like give them sort of carte blanche to then go after them all and you know infiltrate a big
1: drug boat for some reason. <laughs> yes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And there's another moment where um uh, where. Uh, Chad goes back um and he ends up being mistaken for Alex, who's the, yeah. the bad one. Um and they uh want to do a business deal with him and he gets taken out somewhere where there's some shipping containers and um yeah. he says, you know, uh you know well, he infers that he's not going to do business with them, um, and Bolo breaks a dude's neck. There's a few great net breaks in this film. I, yes, I, I then, actually yeah.
2: think, that on the whole, the action's really good in this film. I, I do. Have, I agree I mean, with you. There, there is agree, about yeah. thirty Roundhouse kicks in slow motion, but yes, but
1: that's what I'm after. That's what I'm here for.
2: I actually think the action's pretty good in this. Like the shoot, the, the shootouts are pretty decent. Um, yeah, a, a it's all authentic, sort of it's all happening. Like a lot. Yeah, I guess big all explosions. The too. Went on, all the big explosions yeah. in the docks. It's always on the docks, isn't it? There's always a big yeah. a yeah. big fight on the docks.
1: Because <laughs> you can chin all the rubbish in the sea. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed by the action. Oh, were you? To be honest,
0: as a, as a spectacle, I don't know if maybe we've been spoiled too much by watching Hard Target when we kicked off the yeah, podcast, that's true. And, that, you know, yeah. all those months ago. Uh, but remember, we were talking about that, and we were talking about like some of the kinetic camera moves that yeah, John yeah, had yeah. employed, and uh, how yeah, he shot yeah. Van Dam better than anyone else had ever shot him. And I just found it all a bit static,
2: That's to
1: be a honest. Fair point. Just... yeah. That no, very, very fair point.
2: Who, who directed it? Is it just one of, Is it just like a Stooge directed it, or is it some?
0: It's so. It's this guy called. Uh, Sheldon Lettich. so he's directed four Van Damme movies including Awal and this one he also wrote Bloodsport Rambo 3 and Van Damme starring The Legionnaire also he was in NARM. Oh wow <laughs> <There you go. laughs>
1: and that's not that's not a movie as in the actual conflict that, yeah he was in the actual conflict <laughs> I don't know
0: what he was doing there but Sheesh. oh he's in the Marines he was in the Marines oh, So hard yeah hard. sorry cool. I'm not taking oh, the on oh, cool. Sheldon cool wow yeah, yeah, um,
2: but yeah, his filmography's not particularly substantial, is it? So it's yeah, it's he makes it's, a certain
1: type of yeah, film. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> he loves a slow mo roundhouse kick as much as, oh, as JCVD does.
1: JCVD, um, yeah, that, you're absolutely right though, James. Like it is it's not shot as anywhere near as interestingly as hard target you I mean, you right we're totally spoiled with that but i'm i'm also i'm i'm on the i'm in between two it's here it's serviceable exactly. it's fine yeah. it's just not I, it's just nothing that you haven't seen before no that's right and it's it's more like you know it makes it feel like a vehicle for a star more than yeah. a movie event like hard target was like hard target's yeah. like a movie that you can you know i feel like a movie yeah. you could save or obviously i feel that way but
2: it's one of those where van damme probably directed it more than the actual director did isn't
1: no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get my big legs in here? Get them in, <laughs> Sheldon. <laughs> when I do the when I do the splits,
2: I want the camera low. Get my big buns. Get my big
1: buns. <laughs> get my really big, great butt right in there. Right in there.
2: I mean, I'm glad he did As... it. I am glad he did it.
1: Too. Oh yeah. Well, there is actually a shot about right about the the point we're talking about. You know, when Bolo. Doesn't, you know, doesn't take it very well. The, the This is the best nut shot I've ever seen yeah. in cinema. What I will give this
0: credit for is people get socked in the bollocks during fights and this, right? And that doesn't happen enough in action films mm, for me, yeah. right? If you're in a life or death situation and there's an opportunity to sock someone
1: in the nads, then you're going for it, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Van Damme, when he gets takes one to the, to the nuts here, like, his chinos are stretched to the point that the seams are going to break. <laughs> and it's like a really short chopping uppercut right between the two plums. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely a disgrace. Yeah,
0: absolutely decimating the meat and two veg. Like.
1: <laughs> I mean... Van Damme's in a bad way, but his penis needs an autopsy. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but I loved it, and they left him. I thought it was quite re- you know, reasonable, yeah. a bit too lenient, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I, anyway. I wrote
0: that in my notes. Why haven't they killed him?
1: Why did I kill this guy? You, yeah. know. you know. Is it because like no, he's wearing a, a lovely green suede jacket, so don't kill him. You don't want to get frankly, any blood on that. Know. No, you don't want to get anything on that. And we've just given him the kind of nut shop that means that he will never have children or walk straight ever again. Which is why (laughs) it's it's so weird. I mean,
0: they could have resolved the conflict between Alex and Chad of just saying, right, I I think you're trying to get off with my girlfriend, uh, Chad. No, no. I I mean, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. My nuts have literally been destroyed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to see? Yes. It's an absolute Nux, war would, crime mean... down there. <laughs> they would be... I mean, they would be black. Like, yes. you know, with bruising. I mean...
0: <laughs> oh. I'm not sure I can oh. go on this mission to avenge our dead parents. My nuts are in such a bad way,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, that is must be the faith that Bolo Young had in his own nutshot that I don't need to do anything more to this guy. There's nothing he can come back from.
0: <laughs> so so basically, we've established there that, you know, Alex has got nothing to worry about in terms of Chad because his knackers are ruined forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely out of commission for the foreseeable future. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: because he's, he's very jealous of Danielle. But, I mean, how did Chad... Uh, sorry, Alex and Danielle meet. I mean, I have one's no a harbour smuggler, the other one's a banker. Yes. How did they meet? It was like <laughs> basic Hong Kong twi- Tinder years ago. Oh, I don't, who how knows, did they get somebody. together? Because what circles would they be in that would mean that they would rub up against each other? Well, he's a little bit involved in
0: organised crime, but then Alex doesn't seem to know... Danielle doesn't seem to know anything about that. It's it's very weird. I don't know how they met... It is! Have
2: you have you seen Van Damme, though? Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure oh, they, yeah. I'm sure they just passed in a club or something and he was like, hello. Love yeah. at first
1: sight. I mean, <laughs> Romance ensued. I, I like, yeah, because he
0: is very romantic, Alex, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> One of the hallmarks of his character. So anyway, Danielle gets in a bit of a bind, doesn't she? And Chad (laughs) has to run off to the mainland because Frank (laughs) and Alex are off in the woods chopping wood. I don't know if that's a (laughs) euphemism or not. (laughs) Anyway, he goes over there, and basically, instead of like being a rational, normal person, Alex just stays at the deserted hotel gets drinks about as much rum as Simon's had this evening. <laughs> I, I have gone
2: through quite a lot. Yeah. Quite a lot. Well, let's hope that
0: you don't resort to the sort of shenanigans that Alex gets up to when his brother comes back.
3: <laughs> because basically, he decides
0: to have a huge fight with him. So Van Damme and Van Damme have a scrap, and as soon as you put two Van Dams in a film, you know they're going to end up scrapping at some point, definitely. Yeah. It's really well
1: done as well, I think. It is, yeah. It is and really then, well done, actually. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then to cap the scene off, we have some more uh, homophobic abuse towards his brother and some drunken domestic abuse as well, just to, to fill oh, it Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. It, it's that,
1: it's though. really bad. Um, and in that sort of fantasy sequence, there's an awful lot of Jean-Claude Van Ass going yes. on. Um and you know, so there's been more Van Damme nudity in this film so far. Than the last well, many, I don't though. know. I
0: think Alex is getting drunker and drunker and he just, he's just imagining Yes, that's
1: true, that's true. His brother and his girlfriend that, having yeah. the
0: hottest sex I've ever seen. <laughs> light, like, shall we turn down the light shall we turn down the lights in the pod booth and all get a little bit sexy? Like, <laughs> two incredibly good looking people being gratuitously filmed like <laughs> For um, what feels like 20 minutes to Yeah, it, it's
1: it's an uncomfortable <laughs> watch. <laughs> it's not it's not scintillating. It's more like sheesh. You know, this is this is invasive.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. And then yeah, they get back there, they have a big scrap and uh, Alex uh, again is homophobic towards his brother and hits his girlfriend and never shows any remorse
1: for it throughout the film. So that's kind of where Alex's
0: story sort of lost me
1: at this stage. Yeah, before. and it, he's this is also where he you know, he says. Um, I nearly said the immortal line, but it's not an immortal line. I may be drunk, but he'll always be. Uh... Yes, and yes, you can fill slur... in the horrible
0: blank after that. Yeah. Uh, yes, so, yeah, the,
1: yeah. So that's where the second of the terrible slurs comes in, and that, yeah, I can un- totally agree that that's where the sympathy for Alex sort of goes. So you've got one guy who. <laughs> It's kind of a horrible guy, and then you've got um, <laughs> the other guy who's a little child who's got no penis yes. less. His 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 manhood has been disintegrated. It's got <laughs> yackers, <yeah>. So <laughs>
0: he's basically anatomically the same as a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> it's just
1: been smushed into his stomach. <laughs> These Wagner brothers, I mean, what a pair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, I mean, it, it all sort of uh, slides down to some nice action sequences while they try to uncover the um, criminal enterprises that Griffith and Zang have got going on, all on the docks. Handily, I think, because when stuff blows up, you just sort of sweep it into the sea and it blows away. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clean up's easy enough. Yeah, yeah, instead so he's just bung it in there. And then, um, yeah, they... Uh, There's sort of like... Oh, they go to a place called the Climax Club, which is not very subtly named.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it basically does in about five minutes what Valkyrie takes two hours to do. (laughs) They try and put a bomb under a desk, basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and um, Corrine Everson kills someone in a very horrible way. She knifes some traitor, like, very horribly. With a
2: tiny little
0: knife!
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the most
0: pathetic knife I've ever seen in my life. It was like a little butter knife, but maybe she's that strong that she could just jab
1: it through anyway. (laughs) Again, inexplicably American as well, isn't she? Yeah. You know... Um, oh look, Zhang is in camo and they've got some stuff going on. and all the all the bad guys are suddenly in like cheap camo and dark caps. So it's nice. It's like they've all put their team uniform on so we all know whose side is whose <laughs> when these fights go on. If you on. don't
2: if you don't look like Van Damme then you're gonna get a boot to the face.
1: You are, you are, you are. Um, So much so that Mr. Frank Avery has gone and hid up in the, you know, like when the fights are on, he's up hiding up in the rafters somewhere with a sniper rifle because he knows he doesn't look like Van Damme, so he's likely to get shot. (laughs) (laughs) Because the uniform for Team Van Damme is being identical to to Van Damme. <laughs> yeah. But the action's great. The gunfire's really fun. I really enjoy all of this stuff. It's got one of the best neck breaks I've ever seen in any film, this. So there's a guy sat on a little tiny little three pronged stool, and Alex sneaks up behind him and does, does he whistle like shh, 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 something? <laughs> he does some noise. <laughs> and the He guy... does
0: something better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And. and uh... The guy stands up and he just comes behind him and pulls back the top of his head and puts a hand on the back of his, on the back, on the top of his back and pulls it back and then you have a great big crack. Is this kid's glass, you know, back made of, (laughs) neck made of glass? I don't know. Is it a papier mache neck? He (laughs) dies so easily. Um, But it's great. I absolutely love it. And I bought it, you know, when I was a kid, like, like, oh my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so yeah, super stuff. I, I, like where, when, while you're watching the film at this point, where are you guys? Are you in or are you out? I mean, I mean, I'm enjoying it for what it is,
0: but yeah, it sort of loses me when after the Van Damme fight, and it's just
2: like one of these guys is just irredeemable,
3: <laughs> it's just horrible. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> well, I, I think I lost it story wise. I was just, I had no idea what was going on. All yeah. I knew was that. There was this guy, Griffith was a bad guy, Zhang was a mm. bad guy, and his mate, Paulo yeah. Young, was a bad guy. Yeah. And, and I think yeah, that's all I needed to know who the good that, guys, were, who the bad a,
0: guys were. Yeah, that's it. I think you're absolutely right, mate. And it, it gets to a point after that where it's just like, Ticking boxes now for me. Right mm. now, we've got to have a dark night of the soul. Everyone's fallen out, Bosh. Yeah, Danielle and Frank get kidnapped, right, Bosh. Now we have to go on. We have to put our differences aside and team up and go and sort these yeah. bastards out, basically.
1: And then that's where it goes from there. Exactly. Yeah, I think that the most interesting stuff in this film, certainly from a story perspective, is all in the first half. The second half is just, as you say, it's just leading towards this. Inevitable crescendo, because you know where it's going. It's sort of like action movie yeah. by the numbers by this point. But um I really wanted a little bit more from the villains. I've got to be honest. Um as in I, I love who are playing the villains because they look dead villainy. But um yeah. I want like a bit more of the motivation. I mean, all we really know is that they do crime. <laughs> That's all we know. Yeah, yeah. They do a bit of crime. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're just anything baddies, else about aren't they? Yeah, I don't They're know just generic else about baddies. Them. You know, apart from like obviously one of them killed, although they both killed the parents in the beginning, which is motivation enough for Chad and Alex. But for us as an audience, like, there's no real threat. Not no real threat, but there's no grand plan for them now, is it? They're trying to avert. You know, like it's it's just we just want to stop them from doing. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's not like the stakes are ramping. It's just oh well, if we can't get them on this go, we'll have another go in a couple of weeks' time. We've got uh, an extended lease on that abandoned island hotel waterfront (laughs) property, so we just keep going back there, regroup and get drunk and hit each other as much as we like. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so they have the, you know the end uh, the, we end up with Chad versus Bolo um, which is great by the way the best bit Yeah,
2: it's a really good fight
0: because uh, Bolo uh, is bench pressing like doing squats with these huge barrels full of oil I assume they yeah. were empty on the set but like it looks impressive anyway it really and does we've yeah. got so, uh, plus I, I really like the fact that they go oh these barrels are a bit dirty let's both take our shirts off and we're going to have a big
3: fight
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, and then Alex... Um,
0: he's doing some or other, I don't really care. He's doing, he's, he's doing something, he's killing
1: it. people, and they're all killing people, and Corinne Everson gets knifed again really horribly, like holds her up and pushes it right through her ribs, it's bad. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Zang goes up a great big crane, reveals that his cane in true baddie fashion is actually a sword, <laughs> and then um, he falls off and... Ah! The death! And um it ends really abruptly, doesn't it, with like Yeah yeah. Like JCVD doing like a little okay signal. Oh, it ends, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: ends abruptly with the classic freeze frame finale. It does, doesn't Just... it? Yeah. Dun, yeah, dun, dun. yeah the, the credit
1: song is pretty good. <laughs> 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 uh, and then it's done and thus endeth double impact. Um so
0: best bit? My best bit is we've just sort of alluded to there and I want to give it a bit more credence so Chad versus Moon who is the Bolo Young character is just mm. brilliant you know it's sweaty, there's barrels, Like yeah. <laughs> there's roundhouse kick. Another great nad shot, so uh, Van Damme yes. gets yes. the chance to flatten Bolo's nads as well. But given how he's bench-pressing those uh, those barrels, I think he's probably on the old juice himself anyway, so he's probably not got much of it in terms of nads to crush in the first place. But yeah, it's just great. They just get you know, take their shirts off, Van Dam's in neatly pressed, crisp slacks. There's loads of slow mo. <laughs> Roundhouse's kicks as a, a hench bloke chucks barrels at him, and then to top it all off, Moon gets Daniel sterned basically.
2: He gets he does. electrocuted. Yeah, he does. Sadly, he yeah, yeah. doesn't turn into a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like he does make some good noises. Ah! <laughs> it's it's, it's very cheesy, it's it
3: very enjoyable. enjoyable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Love it.
2: So, uh, I think my favourite bit was when. They were on the boat, you know, like the f- it's like kind of the first bit where sort of Chad comes into his own as like, <laughs> you know, being being sort of as good as Alex in terms of being a bastard. Um, <laughs> I think this point really happens. He, he, he round roundhouse kicks someone in the face and that's his like first one. And it's like complete with really full contact slow mo. Oh. And it, it it looks as if the, the stuntman got actually booted right in the face. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's proper... You know, we we spoke before about um, the Matrix and the fight with the Smiths. And you know that, like, when he punches Agent Smith in the face and it's, like, a big full CGI cockfest of him punching in the face. <laughs> no CGI here. That poor stuntman got a full JCVD... Crisp Timberland boot
3: light <laughs> in the face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only to take uh, Crisp Timberland to the face from <laughs> JCVD. Oh, incredible. Um, yeah, I think, I, mean, I, I, I echo all of this. There's so many bits in, in this that I like. Um, I think, like, obviously the, the Bolo and uh, JCVD fight is ace. Um, right down to, like, Bolo's noises during it, like,
3: wah, <laughs>
1: You know, they're absolutely ace. Um, It's iconic stuff for me, that. And some of it's filmed in, um, like, a high shutter speed, which sort of (laughs) elevates it up out of that segment of the movie. But it's all in... Like, some of it's, like, in really harshly lit half-light, isn't it? And you just see yeah. sort of shimmers of people. It's super stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. Again, the neck break, the greatest neck break in cinema history. That's one of the best things. But I'm going to go with another um, Daniel Stone <laughs> <laughs> reference. When Frank, because Frank gets um, kidnapped, <laughs> and they put him on the PA system, and they say, Mr. Frank Avery! you know, tell them how you're doing or something. And then they electrocute him and he's like, (laughs) and yeah, that is, I think he's a mate. Jeffrey Lewis, hats off to you, my man. You're unbelievable. I love you a bit. (laughs) Cool. So, the big question, for your reconsideration, FYR, what are we saying?
0: Um, So, this one is very much of a time period, let's (laughs) let's say that much. You know, there is cheesy fun to be had here, for sure. So, there's big legs, karate, (laughs) uh, a mind-boggling number of slow-mo roundhouses kicks. Bollocks getting absolutely smushed, and one half of Van Damme is really good. I really enjoy all the fish-out-of-water stuff and uh, just his wardrobe in general. Chad, is, is lovely. But, you know, as we've touched on, there's a few unsavoury moments. We don't need to go into that any further. And just that sort of coupled with the fact that I didn't find it especially impressive as an action spectacle make it difficult for me to recommend. But what I will say is, if you're a fan of the early 90s action movies and you haven't seen this one, just from a completist's perspective, it's definitely worth watching. But I wouldn't say it was the best entry point, so maybe watch Hard Target instead if you're after a Van Damme fix.
1: <laughs> uh
2: I was struggling to sort of figure out my own words for my reconsideration. So I'm going to reach into... The letterbox vault. So how, um, <laughs> um, I, what, what I actually think about it, um, and with the help of DJ Kaiser, who reviewed this only last week, actually, it's, it's actually a nice. really good review. Um, in this film, a drunk Jean-Claude Van Damme imagines Jean-Claude Van Damme having sex with his girlfriend, <laughs> and proceeds to roundhouse kick said Jean-Claude Van Damme in the face. <laughs> Sounds confusing? Not at all. They have different haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> Double Impact is as cheesy as hell, but that's why it's so enjoyable. It embraces the ridiculousness of its premise and delivers a bloodthirsty, to- testosterone-filled action flick that's a hell of a lot of fun, despite its numerous shortcomings, and they are quite numerous. Let's be- <laughs> uh, three stars, three stars from DJ Kaiser. There. Well, what about you, mate? Oh well, no, I, I exactly what he said. That's what I. I yeah. Oh right. Okay. Just, <laughs> yeah, what, what he said is exactly how I feel about it. It's it's I'm um, sorry, mate. Sorry it's, sorry, it's just ridiculous. But uh I did have a lot of fun with it in the end. Um I think, yeah, what James said, I um it's not really a good entry point, but if you do find a lot of entertainment in this sort of early nineties um Van Damage, as we like to say, the Van Damage era, um yeah, it, it, it it's good to tick off tick off that list because it's 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 really quite satisfying seeing John Claude Van Damme kick himself in the face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be enjoyable. Um let's hope it happens in double impact too. You know, get it made, G C D. Um yeah, I'd agree actually. This um for me this watching it again this is the first time i've watched it in a few years now but this movie exhibits an elite level silliness that i just cannot ignore (laughs) at all um the outfits are incredible in fact i think this could be the best and funniest costumed movie we've done yet um and this includes john carter of mars (laughs) which is just like leather belts across the pecs at times (laughs) um yeah, the, for me, actually, no, the action is brilliant. I think the action's great um, because it's not sullied by anything like um, poor effects and cheap CGI or anything like that. Um, And for me, the two Van Damme thing just about works. They're just different enough for it to work. It'll always have a nice place... Um, in sort of my history of cinema uh, of enjoying movies sorry um, and yeah it's, it's a lot of hyper violent fun uh, kind of in the same way that Home Alone 2 was a couple of weeks ago <laughs> um, I would definitely say reconsider it and make sure you fill your silk underwear I go <laughs> <With what? laughs> and go back to Disneyland with what? and go back to Disneyland fill it with what? <laughs> uh, with double impact <laughs> Fill your silk underwear with double impact. <laughs> oh, What's he suggesting we fill it with, James? <laughs> I don't know. You said but I've, I've clarified. <laughs> fill it with double impact. I'm not saying take a VHS and stick it down your underwear. Just, I'm not saying that. Just take that. two shits. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, we all need something to fill our silk underwear after the unholy Nad shots in that film. <laughs> There's nothing left in our silk underwear. <laughs> oh, boys, I love that very much. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, please talk to us on Twitter at FilmPod. And you can send emails to reconsiderpod at gmail.com. And please give us a five-star review. Say goodbye, boys.
2: Bye, bye JCVD. Bye bye.
1: A goodbye, Mardi Gras Graveyard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh.